Because so many times when you're out in the world and you see a person with a disability, you sometimes feel sympathy or you feel just sad for that person. I want that to stop. I want you to come into the bean. I want you to see people thriving and doing things that, you know, focusing on what they can do, not what they can't do. And I want other business owners to come in and see that this works. Maybe I can incorporate this into my business. Welcome to Better Together with Costi Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Costi Epifonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, C.G. England, owner of C.G.'s Boutique and creator and co-founder of The Exceptional Bean. Today, we're talking about the power of inclusion, following her personal mission to help everyone around her feel seen, loved, and important. C.G. has spent the past seven years creating a shopping experience to inspire women, no matter their age or size, to feel confident and beautiful. This fall, she plans to open the Exceptional Bean, a nonprofit 501c3 to empower the special needs community and provide them with the employment and growth opportunities that they deserve. So, CG, one of our favorite things to talk about on the show are people who bring out the best in us. I know this answer might have a few different parts, but what or who inspired you to start this journey? So, When I first moved back to Cookville, I got involved with Rising Above Ministries. And for those of you that don't know, Rising Above is a special needs ministry that reaches out to not only the individual with a disability, but the family members and the siblings and the caretakers. So I started volunteering and through that, I got to know the founder, Becky Davidson, and her son, John Alex. So I would hang out with them. And I would see that you have to plan when you have a disability or a child with a disability. And you can't just say, hey, I feel like O'Charlie's tonight. Let's get in the car and go. You have to think it through. Is there a ramp? Is there an elevator? Do they have facilities for us to use? And so I really started to notice that it's not as easy for a person with a disability versus a typical person. So then my husband started running and we found out about Ainsley's Angels. Ainsley's Angels incorporates inclusion in the running community. So Michael pushes Bradley, who is in a wheelchair, and we have became so close to Bradley and his family. And we would do holidays and birthdays and movies and bowling. And we went to Camp Discovery to watch the talent show and just really got into the community of people with special needs and disabilities. And so through knowing these individuals, we discovered there's a need for this in our community. We need to create a place of inclusion and we need to create a place where they can go and see people who look like them, who act like them, and they feel like this is my spot. I love that. So we touched on this in the, in the introduction. What is, or can you tell us a little bit more about the exceptional bean? Yes. So I had the idea of creating a place that would employ individuals with disabilities, but also form a sense of community. And I had the idea and I started researching and I found that there 
there were bakeries, there were dog grooming facilities, there's coffee shops, there's ice cream shops. So I knew that there was a business plan that this could work, but I didn't know how to execute it. And I also didn't have $300,000 in the bank. Right. Who does? So who does? <laughs> so I pitched the idea to three different people here in Cookville and all three of them, you know how sometimes you pitch an idea and people are like, oh, that's awesome. Get back to me. Or, oh, that sounds great. Keep me posted. Yeah, I'll call you. (laughs) I'll call you. No one said that. Everybody said, can you meet today at three? Can we have coffee tomorrow morning? This is what I can do. This is how I can help. So I pitched it and all three people led me to three more people. And within the six conversations that I had about an idea in my head, I had an angel investor. I had a location. I had someone holding my hand doing the nonprofit 501c3 paperwork. And I had people reaching out to me saying, I heard what you're doing. This is how I can help. Or do you have someone doing this? So it just kind of snowballed from an idea that my husband and I had to, oh, wow, we just submitted our 501c3 paperwork. It's happening. You know, nobody really understands just how interconnected we are to someone that has a disability, an intellectual disability, or even a developmental one. Mm -hmm. Um, It touches so many people's lives. And as I was reading a little bit more about the exceptional being, one of the things that I noticed a lot was that inclusion was a big part of that. So tell me a little bit about what your mission is as it pertains to inclusion in the disabled population. Yes. My mission for the Bean is for people to come in and see the ability over the disability. Because so many times when you're out in the world and you see a person with with a disability, you sometimes feel sympathy or you feel just sad for that person. I want that to stop. I want you to come into the Bean. I want you to see people thriving and doing things that, you know, focusing on what they can do, not what they can't do. And I want other business owners to come in and see that this works. Maybe I can incorporate this into my business. I want to educate the population of Cookville on how to interact with people with a disability because so many people have told me, I don't really know how to act or what to say or what not to say. And you know what? The best thing to do is always just be kind. That's what I say. When in doubt, just be kind. That's it. How will it operate? I mean, it's a 501c3. It's going to be employing people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. How will it operate on a day-to-day basis? Tell us a little bit about your team. Yes. So my co-founder is Mary-Kate Gillespie, and she is a pediatric occupational therapist. Okay. She actually owns Little Hands, Little Feet, which does speech, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and food therapies. And she was one of the first people that I pitched this idea to, and she's like... Her thing is 200%, not 100%. So she says 200%, I'm in, let's do this. So we have developed a business model where we will be integrated. And so we will have a director of operations that is kind of the face of the organization that will work with donors and sponsorships and fundraising opportunities because we are a coffee shop, but we're also a nonprofit. Right. So there's two businesses into one. We will have a general manager who is at the store Monday through Friday full time. We will have baristas and then we will have our bean team members. So we hope to employ up to 40 individuals with disabilities, which sounds like a lot, but they don't work a typical work week. So they're working maybe one hour a day, maybe three hours a week. We have someone that will sit down with each team member. And if they are receiving a disability check, we'll do a formula.
formula with them and say, okay, in order to not lose your benefits, you can work X amount of hours per week. Because so many people think, oh, if I get disability, I can't work the end. And that's not true. You may not be able to work 40 hours a week, but you can work some hours. So we will be integrated to answer your question. So on that note, there is a bill in Congress right now, because we work with the same population, um, that will allow for people with disabilities that that receive SSI and also the elderly who receive SSI to work a full work week. Because a lot of times the best way for complete integration into the community is to be involved in a job. And so one of the barriers that we've seen is the fact that there's only part-time work available or some employers, and obviously this doesn't pertain to you, but some employers are worried about the liability when it comes to hiring someone with a disability. So I think that it's great to not only employ that population, but at the same time, show other businesses in this community that it is great. It works. It's not a negative. It's not a liability, right? It's not. It's the same as if I'm a typical person with no disabilities. If I fall down the stairs and injure myself, that's the same liability as if a person with a disability falls down the stairs. But people are scared and they don't educate themselves in that. But there's no difference. And all of my friends with disabilities want to work. Absolutely. And so many of us, you know, man, I got to go to work today. Or man, wouldn't it be nice to have an off day? My friends with disabilities are sitting at home wishing and praying that they could go to work. They have a passion for work. They want to feel important. They want to feel needed like we all do. Right. Newsflash, we all need to feel wanted and needed. Exactly. And so when we told our friend Bradley, we took him to the bean um, before we told him anything. We just told him to meet us there. And um, he's in a wheelchair. And so he got out of the van and, and he was like, what's going on? And we told him in just tears, to which we all started bawling hysterically. And he said, all I've ever wanted is a job. And I'm like, well, you got one. Hopefully in October, we hope to off- open in the fall, but he has a job. And that made his life, you know? So how can the community get more involved? I mean, obviously I'm sure money's up there, but aside from that, what support can the community provide to make this successful? Yes. So currently we um, are a nonprofit in the state of Tennessee. We are still awaiting our 501c3 federal approval, I guess is the right word. We should be getting that in the next week, fingers crossed. So once we do that, we are going to launch our online store. We're going to have t-shirts. We're going to have mugs. So that's a very small way of supporting us. We're also reaching out to local businesses that want to be a sponsor. I've had one business say, hey, I want to pay for your HVAC system. Awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. I've had another business reach out and say, your bathroom remodel, all your ADA fixtures and everything, I will give those to you at cost. And so it really doesn't matter what you do. If you can help us, another one is Halo. It's a t-shirt company here in town. They're going to give us our first run of t-shirts for free. And, you know, no matter what you do, you may be able to supply us with a resource. And we understand you're in business too. You can't give us everything for free, but maybe you could donate something at cost, or maybe you're a woodworker and you can build our tables, or maybe you do electrical work and you want to come volunteer and, and do our electrical and plumbing and HVAC or whatever. There's so many people that have already reached out and said, you know, how can I help? And so you can email us to find out exactly or to tell us exactly what your area of expertise 
expertise is, but we we need financial help. Well, and also, I mean, offering transportation for people that are going on shift and, you know, they may not be able to drive. Going back and forth from shift and, uh, and offering that transportation would probably be, you know, an incredible help. Not Absolutely. just for the exceptional bean, but also for the individuals working there. So I have to ask, you've got a for-profit business yes. named CG, uh, which is a, a clothing boutique, and you're opening up a 501c3, which is a nonprofit uh, in the exceptional bean. How different is that? What are like the two or three main differences that you've encountered, um, aside from the fact that one's for-profit and one's a non-profit? Yes. And a lot of people have asked that question. Basically, a not-for-profit, a non-profit, you can still pay your employees just like a regular business, but all of the money that comes into the business stays in the business. And what I have found out is that I run my boutique like a non-profit because I keep it all separate. You know, if I have a great day, it's not, that's not going to my pocket. That stays in and we grow the business with it. It's very similar to how I'm already doing. That's what I have found out. We also have a board of directors. That's who we report to. So if we want to spend $5,000 on a new refrigerator, we have to get that approved by our board of directors. So that's kind of a, a checks and balances to keep everything in order and to make sure that we're doing everything correctly and no one is spending money where they shouldn't be spending money. Have you thought about incorporating a board of directors into your for-profit? A reason I ask this is I, I have. I have You know, it's interesting because, you know, in, in our in my line of work, we usually work alongside a lot of nonprofits and serve the same populations and work with the same insurance companies, et cetera. And I've always thought, man, wouldn't it be great to find some very smart individuals to provide insight in terms of, you know, what they think is best in terms of our mission and, you know, how we're providing services and stuff like that? I will say my board of directors for The Exceptional Bean is the best. And I have no stress because of that. They are all experts in the industry and and in, you know, financial and um, business. and, And we have an attorney. And I know that everything that's getting passed through has six sets of eyeballs on it. And if I mess up, it's okay because they're going to catch me. There's a organization in the state of Tennessee called Tenco, and it's essentially a coalition of providers and they serve the intellectual and developmental disabled population. You know, we're funded through the state of Tennessee and that funding can be a little lackluster at times. So one of the things that everybody emphasizes if you're running a nonprofit is make sure that you understand the grant process because that's going to bridge the gap between, you know, keeping the doors open and not, which I don't think you're going to have any problem with that because I feel like the community is going to rally behind you and they already have. They already have. This community is unlike anything I've ever seen. We have so many local nonprofits and so many local ministries and they're all thriving because the community gets behind them. So if I wanted to start a nonprofit or if somebody listening to this was going to start a nonprofit, how would they go about doing that? What's step one? Step one is whatever area your nonprofit is going to be in. So for instance, mine is coffee and the special needs world. So the first person that I reached out to is in the special needs world. Second person, coffee. So I found an expert on coffee and I found an expert in disabilities, special needs. I spoke with the Tennessee Disabilities Coalition, had three meetings with them because you need to educate yourself on whatever area your nonprofit is in and make sure that it's even a real thing, right. that it is it is an attainable goal, that it is possible. And you just have to educate yourself and talk to people that are already in that field. 
that's my step one. I love that. So when will the exception will be open? We are saying fall 2021 because everything is running behind right now. That's Supplies, okay. <laughs> you know, the build out, the process of the 501c3. So we are saying October. We are hoping October. Now, I read in your bio that your mom was a special education teacher. Yes. Did that contribute to your decision to open uh, the exceptional bean? Absolutely. So my mom actually went back to college when she was 40, which now that I'm almost 40, I have a whole new appreciation for that because she had a family, she had a full-time job, and she would drive from Whitwell, Tennessee to Cleveland to Lee College at night, three nights a week to get her degree. I could cry thinking about that. And she did it and she got out of her comfort zone and she knew that she wanted to serve that community. So I can remember going to work with her or coming home from tech and going to see her at school and just the way that she interacted with that community, that's what she's meant to do. And I think that you have to be a special type of person in order to to get in there and to teach and to love on them and to just treat them the way that they need to be treated. And so many people, I said this earlier, they have a fear because they don't know how to interact. And just be kind. Listen to yeah. listen to people. How prevalent are disabilities in our world? So 18% of the world's population is born with a disability, whether developmental or a physical disability. And that is a that is a statistic that continues to rise. Continues to rise. Yes. Autism. Yeah. Yes. And you know, there are so many things that we need to prepare for as a society, and it's gonna take compassionate people like yourself. Yes. And I I think that the reason that everyone is behind the bean and supporting it is because we all either have a close friend or a family member that has a disability. So many people I have learned, you know, oh, my little brother has Down syndrome or my uncle, you know, has cerebral palsy or just so many people have a personal relationship with someone with a disability. And that's why I think this is going to be big. Sure. So day one, you open, what can the community expect? So we, first of all, every time you come to the Exceptional Bean and buy a cup of coffee, you are supporting us because we are a nonprofit. Fantastic. Every t-shirt, every coffee, every croissant, anything you purchase, you are supporting us and you are helping us. We are also going to launch our website soon and have the opportunities to like sponsor a team member. You could sponsor a table and we will put a plaque on the table. All of this is going to be on our website soon. But if there is a way that you want to really, you know, leave a legacy and and have something in the shop that has your name on it. The best example I can give is the playground here in town. All the bricks and the benches and the equipment has a plaque of the family or the business that donated that. We want the community to build this shop so that when you bring in your friends or you bring in your guests from out of town or your family, you can take ownership and say, I helped make this happen. And that's the thing. Like people are asking me or or telling me, you know, giving me compliments and telling me it's awesome. It was my idea. And then it took off. I take no credit. I literally vocalized an idea and the community has taken off and, and has made this happen. That's just, I mean, it's incredible how far you've gotten in such little time. It is. It does not make sense. And I I tell people like, this is not typical. 
Well, I think you, you tapped into a significant need. If you really think about it, in our town and even in the surrounding towns, gosh, even if, maybe even in the state, what businesses are specific to a population and operate as a nonprofit? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. just, if you really think about it, there's not, there's maybe, what, a handful? Yeah. So I spoke with um, with an earlier guest. His business is a B Corp, and it's a law firm. And I love the fact that people are now starting to think outside of the box. You know, it's not just let's do business, let's make money and, you know, let's go buy whatever we want, etc. People are actually trying to be thoughtful Mm -hmm. about how they apply their energy and more importantly, what their mission statement is. Yes. I love that. So we always like to end the show on a bit of a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together. This is so Hallmark movie cheesy, but my husband. That's great. Michael England is my biggest cheerleader. He thinks that I'm great and and I give it right back to him. He's great too, but he believes in me and this was our idea. And from day one, he's like, we can do this. And when someone tells you we can do this, Sometimes that's all you need. You know, you need positivity. You need to know that that someone is on your side and I've got you and we're going to make it happen. And he does that. So Michael England. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonso. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafonsive is a Costa Yepafonsive production. Writing and production by Morgan Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsive.com. We're better together.